0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we are, a great day for Talk Radio. Dial it back a year ago. A lot of people thought this was one of the greatest days in Christendom, basically, uh, that the free world had ever experienced because pot was finally legal here in this Fair Dominion. And uh, for a lot of folks, that was a game changer. The Prime Minister had promised that. I guess it was a signature piece of legislation. So how do we feel about uh, it a year later now that we've got edibles, oils, and the rest uh, that are being made available today as well going forward? Good positive developments. Christine Elliott, uh, who is the health minister, has some issues. She's mostly concerned about the lack of education around the dangers that edible brownies and candy pose to children. Give a list.
1: There's concerns about access to edibles by children. I think that we've seen and heard of situations where children have ingested them and gotten very ill. So I think that we really need to make sure, um, make sure that the public is aware that they these are things that are attractive to children and that we want to make sure that children are not ingesting.
0: All right let's see how the experts feel. Melissa Ralston is such, Uh, she's hosted the Cannabis Report on Sirius XM radio, that's a weekly segment that covered all things cannabis and Melissa's joined the Oakley show this afternoon at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good afternoon Melissa. Hi how are you? Very good, not high but uh, yes I'm I'm still doing okay. Uh, (laughs) Melissa, uh, is the Health Minister right to be concerned about kids and edibles and the rest?
1: You know, I think I think that there are some some concerns that, that should be pointed out. And she's my whole thing is there's some alcoholic beverages that are in the marketplace today that are very sweet and marketed in ways that could be argued that children that could be advertising for children as well. So I think that when you look at it from the whole perspective, you know, cannabis is an, is something that is also a mind altering experience. However, the difference between cannabis and alcohol is that we have our own endoid cannabinoid system in our bodies, whereas alcohol is a lot more toxic to us and cannabis can be more helpful. Um, I've worked very heavily in the clinical space for quite some time where we actually worked with a lot of pediatric patients who had to use cannabis as their medicine in order for them to increase their quality of life. Um, That being said, you know, some edibles may seem attractive to children, but as long as we put the the proper protections and provisions around those edibles and make sure that kids don't have access to them, then that's a great start.
0: Well, right. I mean, because the booze that you cited, those are sold in controlled stores, uh, so at least there's that kind of uh, a governor on it. Uh, The access to the other stuff that looks like, you know, the brownies and the candy, uh, that may be more enticing. I mean, you get those in your Halloween treat bag. But let me ask you again, Melissa, we're still... Did we lose Melissa Ralston? Okay. Uh, She is no longer with us, but she'll be back shortly. And so, I don't know. Uh, Maybe she realized uh, or didn't that this uh, was a full-on interview and short-term memory and all the rest of that. Uh, She had quit after one question. Let me get back into it here in just a moment because the idea that, you know, we've got uh, a lot of young minds that, you know, may be altered by these types of things. I don't know that the science has been entirely settled. In fact, we've done shows on that where uh, we want to be very, very cautious in that regard. Melissa, we've made reconnection here. (laughs) I I
1: apologize about that.
0: (laughs) All right. That's okay. Look, uh, on this one-year anniversary, I guess we can look back. Uh, Do we look back in anger, with optimism, assess the rollout of legal weed, uh, and if the distribution model has been effective and efficient?
1: So I think that we can look back in optimism. You know, something that StatsCan has just recently put out is that cannabis actually drove $8.6 billion in economic activity last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the industry itself, it's grown about 85% or 185%. So that being said, you know, this is a real industry. It's growing, still growing and thriving. And I believe that, you know, there's still a lot of value that can be provided from it
0: why the growing pains though the the supply seems to be in arrested development still
1: yeah so i mean let's put things into perspective for you quickly these commercialized licensed producers came on board in 2014 so that's about 5 years ago and you have all of these massive corporations building in a commercial level or on a commercial scale that only have 5 years experience all so, right we're we're going to experience tons more growing pains um the illicit market has been around for over 20 years they kind of have a lot of, you know they they kind of have their stuff together whereas the legal market is still growing and and moving within really really strict regulations and that being said you know there's it's it's you have there's a lot of capital that has to go behind it in order for the industry to continue to grow and thrive
0: all right so it's not a mature industry but it's on its way according to you
1: exactly yeah like i mean it's five years right that's that's not that's not a long time and and the fact that now that we have that as of today all modes of administration are available um that's a major step because now we get to see you know what's actually going to happen in a recreational landscape
0: all right uh well what we've got though is uh the black market that continues to thrive or is that going to be diminished because the price points have actually come closer together whereas it used to be a gap of like twice as much for the legal pot as it was for the the stuff on the street now uh, that gap is narrowing is that a positive that uh, maybe points to the black market finally cratering
1: I think that you know like uh, for the next couple of years the illicit market is still going to thrive um, unfortunately but that being said um, as, as since now we are able to have all these different modes of administration so we have topicals edibles concentrates um, such as hash or you know things like shatter or or butter is something that is a different form of and extract um, now that we have these available in the legal market you might start to see a shift where people will start purchasing from legal entities um, that being said there's also a quality problem you know these growers have these cultivators have only been around for five years these companies have only been producing these products for five years now that they're able to produce all these other modes of administration there's that's still we're still in year one of that right?
0: Well, all right. Uh, Do you feel there should be less regulation, uh, let's say, on marketing pot? A lot of these pot purveyors are saying that uh, they would like to be able to advertise, uh, get their brands out there, and uh, really, you know, do a full court press so that people would start to uh, be loyal to brands and the like. Is that that a valid complaint? Well,
1: the list American has no problems with branding. Um, And that's where you find the general public is experiencing a lot of misinformation. Um, when these legal entities are unable to properly brand and market themselves and differentiate themselves in the marketplace, how do you expect to completely cut out the black the illicit market?
0: Well, all right. Uh, so if Canada now is going full tilt into this, obviously it is a year in, and uh, we've also got topicals and edibles and all the rest that have been uh, granted the green light. Uh, are we. Uh, staged to be a global leader on this front? Some people are saying, you know, we don't have the scale, and uh, when the Americans finally decide federally that they would green light it from coast to coast and not just piecemeal in certain states, like, uh, I don't know, a 10 or a dozen so far, having legalized it, uh, would we get swallowed up, or would we still be positioned to be a global leader in this regard?
1: I believe that we've been positioning ourselves very well to be a global leader, but I think that we're we should really focus on being that global leader is driving the <clears throat> the information and the education that we've been able to create by being the first G7 nation to federally legalize.
0: Right, and when you say that, uh, my understanding is there are certain colleges even teaching courses in the cannabis industry, uh, and it's also spawned, because you were talking earlier about $8.6 billion in economic activity. I'm uh, uh, I'm assuming entrepreneurship is a large component of this. Uh, people surrounding it, ancillary uh, products, and so on and so forth. Uh, is that another area for projected for large growth?
1: I I personally believe that that is a large area for projected growth, as I am currently participating in that. So um, I, I I'm I mean. I really believe that Canada can differentiate ourselves from the rest of the world on a global scale, but it's going to come down to the technology that we're able to provide the education we're able to provide and the intellectual property. We're able to put into the marketplace.
0: All right. So uh, typical of any nascent business, by the way, you know, uh, is a science settled, to your mind anyway, on the effects of pot? We've had experts on who've uh, suggested that. And even, you know, the health minister is somewhat uh, very concerned about, say, vaping of pot. Uh, but they say for the formative adolescent brain, it's not a good thing up until the age of 25. So we may be embarking on a grand social experiment. How do you see that?
1: Well, I am 27. I'm a thriving entrepreneur in the cannabis space, and I've been a cannabis consumer since my teens. Um, When it comes to the concerns surrounding vaping, I think that the lack of education is a massive problem. There are access to different um, concentrates that are solventless, which means that they're not produced with a solvent. And that's where you find a lot of these issues in relation to the vaping problems that you've seen happening in the States. Those are from solvent extracted
0: concentrates. Let's have a listen to the Minister, Christine Elliott, explaining why she's worried about vaping pond.
1: Well, it's something that has been um, allowed. I can't second guess that, but I do want to make sure that our young people are safe and that they understand what it is that they're ingesting and if there's concerns with that, that we need to let people know about that. That's my responsibility as Minister of Health.
0: Alright, just wanted to uh, punctuate the discussion with her point and uh, why she has those concerns.